certain challenges that floating really addresses PTSD the veteran community that is a huge one um, there's a lot of good research out there and I can point you to some of it of yes. people who um, go through a programmatic approach to floating um, like for example there could be um, an approach where you work with a clinical phys- psychologist. There's one in Chicago, Dr. Howard Weissman, who runs the Chicago Stress Relief Center. He has incorporated flotation in his therapy. Wow. Yeah, fascinating, right? And I haven't talked to him in so so long. I need to get connected with him again. But yeah, there are purpose-driven programs out there that are more clinical that can address these things, you know, under the supervision of somebody, which as a business owner, it's, it's scary to think that somebody who's got those types of conditions comes into your float tank and they're in the tank by themselves and you really don't have any control on whether or not you can help them, right? It's kind of a float at your own risk thing. But time and time again, anybody we've had in or people I know in the industry who have had people with any type of mental anxiety, PTSD, they come out with an overwhelming amount of anecdotal stories saying that it tremendously has helped them. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's some studies also that are, we've got a whole research section on our website too, by the way. There's like a Excel spreadsheet with over 100 academic research articles oh, on wow. floating. But um, great, there's great study going on and great research going on that basically says that if you float over time in a certain duration of time your brain waves kind of reset to where it would be akin to you taking a medication for anxiety Hmm. so hitting the same areas and centers of the brain that relax the part just as if you were on medication from floating so really compelling stuff and let's talk about sleep for a minute because sleep is profound. Uh, Me being the data geek that I am, one of the first things that I did when I opened River North three years ago, I started um, looking at wearables, right? So there's wearable technologies, your Mm -hmm. Fitbits, your now Apple Watches, and sleep tracking is now going on all over the place, right? Right. I was, again, one of the early adopters who would track my sleep, and people are like, what? But yeah, I used to have this thing under my sheet that was like a sleep tracker and it would detect how many times you moved around Um, but now with your Fitbit and your Apple watch we're seeing in this little experiment I did which was totally not clinical by the way but it was my own little science project people who float the day that they float they would have like a reduced number of interruptions in their sleep so if, for example, if you have 20 to 25 interruptions in your sleep a night, normally, if you floated, it went down to three to five interruptions in your sleep. Wow. wow. So you're sleeping deeper, longer, not necessarily longer for the whole period, but when you are sleeping, you're sleeping in that state a longer duration. And that is that has happened over and over and over again that I could see. So it's, I believe... Going back to answering your first question about kind of the evolution of health and wellness, just like we measure our steps and how many times we work out on the elliptical and whatever we're doing, I think the newest 
research and availability of data for these types of biometrics, like your heart rate variability and other things, that's going to be the other side that kind of comes together. Mm. So it's total mental health and wellness, not just physical steps or calorie sure. intake, sure. right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, so it's pretty it's pretty dope, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad we're floating today because last time I slept like shit. So. Yeah, it's it's so great for that, right? Yeah. So. And, and I've been looking at some of the trackers, too, just because I want to track, uh, you know, calorie expendi- expenditure, too, because mm-hmm. that's kind of my ex a little bit because I, I move so much for work. Yeah. Then I work out before work. And so I've seen like the aura rings, the whoop yep. wristband, which yep. I'm kind of bummed it's like a subscription base for that one because I really like that. Yeah. Because I feel like I would just get distracted about like, oh, so-and-so, 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 you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. But, and we will get to the point where it's too much, right? It's sure. it's But if, if it's used in a positive way, and I think if people, you know, my vision is that you wake up in the morning and not only are you looking at like how many steps you took the day before or how well you slept is, are you realizing stress by any biometric right like is your heart rate elevated is your hrv showing stress and what is the anecdote to that Mm -hmm. it's floating it's meditation it's yoga so that's where i would like to see things go where you know we actually have a cause and effect and some type of solution to what you're seeing on your watch when you wake up in the morning yeah so i've taken this to an extreme um, I don't know if you've heard of 1871 in Chicago. Oh, so it's a it's a technology incubator. There's another one called Matter, okay. which is a healthcare technology incubator. Float 60 belongs to both of those um, because with my little experiment, I literally actually put a little app together to do this just to test oh, wow. three years mm-hmm. ago, and now I'm going to be working on another project in there. But yeah. I believe this this is coming, and this is the way that it's it's definitely going to mm-hmm. where this is going to be just as important than you getting on the treadmill. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Mark my just, words. <laughs> everyone around here watching. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's glad you brought that up because Ben Greenfield has talked about uh, heart rate variability. I don't yes. Know if you've followed him at all, and. So I'm like, well, until I get like a tracker, because somebody's astronomically high in, in price too, I'm, yeah. I might start doing that to see like, where's my resting? Is it too high? Do I need to cut it down today? Yeah, exactly. And, and I've started to be better about, all right, if I only got six hours of sleep and I wake up and I'm struggling, I probably shouldn't go to the gym this morning. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's then, that's then the purpose. Because then I'll be a walking stressor yeah. all day. And what can you do to counter that and expedite that recovery, right? Can you do something like meditate for 15 minutes or mm-hmm. float for 60 minutes? Um, I, I really feel that, and gosh, I'm a walking opportunity for this, right? Because talk about practicing what you preach or not practicing what you preach. Like as a business owner, there are a million things I need to do a day. Uh, and I'm not even that important, right? Like I can't imagine like the CEOs running huge companies. I'm running my little baby company. It's three locations and it's a lot. But I need to really start to, now that my construction hat is off, I need to really start right. taking care of myself. And I've been talking about this for a while, but I feel like I'm moving back to that self-care to where I, I need to really breathe it and be it more so than anybody because it's my business, right? Right, right? I need to be a walking billboard. I am a walking billboard that 
like I said, I'm much nicer after yeah. I float. <laughs> My van, I'm sure you saw it out there. Yeah. It says, stop road rage, go float. In the, oh, in the, I like that. That's good. And I'm convinced that if everybody did it, we wouldn't have road rage. Mm. That's funny. I am convinced of that. Everyone yeah. wants to fix the road rage. Yeah. We were That's something about, we can all improve It's on. a problem. Yeah. We yeah. talked about road rage on our Thursday episode that we just released a couple days ago. I, I didn't hear it, but yesterday I was driving home from 1871, and my husband was with me, and he had road rage from the passenger seat from the Float 60 van. I'm like, oh, my God. You cannot yell at people from the van. Get in your own car. Like that's the thing that driving that van keeps me like a little honest because yeah. I, I mean I'm Italian. I have a There's temper. No like the bird in that if you're van. an asshole to me, you're gonna know that I don't like it, right? Yeah. So all kidding aside, I do feel like that is the trend. Mm-hmm. That there's gonna be more modalities based on mental wellness and balance because we are so out of balance with that, Mm -hmm. myself included, right? I still have this thing controlling my life, Mm -hmm. right? It controls us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can be wonderful, and I run my entire company from this phone, but at the same time, it is definitely, we need an antidote for the destruction that it causes of imbalance. So, Gloria, how often do you float? So I try to do it at least once a month. That's like a good amount for me. Okay. Um, when I'm stressed, I'll purposely go float. So that'll be kind of, I mean, I'm stressed all the time. But when I'm feeling extreme bouts of stress, I might float a little bit more often. Um, but I do have a meditation group that I belong to. Mm-hmm. A couple of ladies, they're like my therapy. Oh, cool. So I do that as well, a mindful, mindful meditation group. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I, I need to do more. Okay. Yeah, but floating once a month for me is, it's good. It's what I need. Okay. Yeah. And unfortunately, when you float in your own place and it's your business, it's not always great because you're looking, why is that light flickering? And why is that salt in the corner of the room? <laughs> and, you know, Gosh. so I like going to other people's places. In okay. fact, in our South Loop location, which is our newest one, uh, which is definitely the one that causes my gray hair. Um, we have a couple of float owners from a different, uh, lo- they're from like, I think they're from New Jersey. So it's nice that we all, whenever we travel, like float center owners will take care of each other. Oh, cool. And uh, it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a good community yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, you guys will have to get up to the other two locations and see where it all started. Yeah, uh-huh. definitely. I have a, a real good buddy of mine. He lives in um, Struderville. Oh, perfect. And okay. so he always goes to your River North. River North one? there. And so he was like, hey, uh, if you guys need to use my code, let me know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely. We love that. Yeah. No, we love that. I'm glad he has a code. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We really try to take care of our people because it is something that people want to know that somebody else they know did it and survived. Like we're really mean people and they have to, <laughs> might not make it through. But, um, yeah, the referral program for us is huge. Our member program is huge and you know just kind of nurturing our existing database of of customers uh it's it's pretty remarkable we've done in the three years we've been open in river north we've done about twenty eight thousand appointments wow wow. which is mind-blowing yeah that's a lot which i i joked about this statistic which means we've done over fifty five thousand fifty six thousand showers 
because each float you have to take a shower before right. and after. And the amount of salt too. Yeah. Total. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Well, and just I'll put this out there too. So people sometimes ask, do you do you change the salt after each time? And the answer is you absolutely cannot do that. Hmm. So every every room is its own pool system, like I said. So twelve hundred pounds of salt, which is a you know, the average, it goes eleven 1,500 pounds, depending upon the tank, that costs like $1,000. Wow. So you're, if we had to, like, change that every time, it's impossible, for one, because you have to create an environment that is 94 degrees in the air, 94 degrees in the water, and that salt has to be dissolved, which takes hours mm, to do. Process. So you could only run a float, like, every – you could only run one float every three to four days if you're lucky – and it would cost you over a thousand dollars to float. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, so think about that, right? Okay. So instead of Process. so, just like pools and mm-hmm. whirlpools, which yeah. to me, I'm like a germaphobe, so I don't even like to get into public pools. These systems are pristine in that every after every float, we run through a four-cycle filtration process in its own tank right so only 200 gallons of water in each tank it cycles like four times and then we treat it sanitize it with ozone hydrogen peroxide and uv light and then everything you touch in the room shower handles the walls the the handles inside those are all cleaned after every single float with like vinegar Mm. um so the day in the life of gloria is driving the truck picking up the vinegar, 12 cases, which are these huge boxes, yeah. and delivering them to all three locations. It's such a glamorous life I lead. Right. <laughs> right. So between salt and vinegar, yeah, yeah. 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 But, it's, but that's what I mean. There's a lot mm-hmm. of work okay. that goes into keeping these places just pristine, mm-hmm. which is wow. our number one value. Yeah. But mm-hmm. stuff happens, you know. Yeah girls with long hair their their hair will fall out we've got to constantly like deal with that and i'm just very transparent about it right Damn yeah. it, it is what it is yeah i'm, I'm the biggest i'm guilty yeah, yeah. so but it, it is that's what makes it so hard mm-hmm. and then from a build out perspective um every room has to have plumbing so before a space is built out like the space here i mean this is a beautiful clinical office building with law firms and very professional building right here they don't have the infrastructure for float tanks here so we had to trench down lay pipe oh wow i mean every room has to have a shower and a drain and buildings just don't have that right it's like having five little uh shower systems in each well it is it's not like it is and then between that and then the infrastructure you need to keep the sound out that's a whole another thing and you guys know from podcasting like controlling sound is a nightmare yes absolutely so can you imagine how hard it is to make sure there's minimal sound because i don't believe there's ever a situation where we could do enough to make it totally soundproof Mm -hmm. yeah like if somebody drops a bowling ball upstairs you're going to hear it (laughs) (laughs) right but this is another thing when you think about where you put a float center, you can't put it in a gym. Mm-hmm. You can't put it next to a gym. You can't put it next to a nightclub. Uh, float 60 River North is across the hall from one of the most popular 
late night nightclubs in the oh, city. Really? Yeah. Mm. Didn't know that, you know, didn't think that through at the time. You get these rose-colored glasses, like, oh, this is perfect. No, it's not perfect, right? Mm. Restaurants, not perfect to be next to. You've got banging dishes. All that vibration comes through the water mm. in the most magnified way. Wow. Yeah, it travels through water the most. Yes. Yeah. And the L. So in Chicago, you will hear the L. It's just unavoidable, I right? I think about that, too. Yeah. Wow. So we're right next to – I'm really great at picking locations next to the L. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a trade-off because, you know, you want people to be able to get to you. Um, but, yeah, you can hear the faintness huh. of the train. So I like to call it sensory – you know, extreme sensory reduction. But it's hard. It, those are the things that are, like, light – Sound and managing salt. Those are the three primary challenges operationally to running this joint. Uh, and it's, I mean, I'll, I leave here and I'm just full of salt. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you hit like how important the cleanliness and making sure it's, it is clean. Like yes. every single piece because that cleanliness will also drive the safety and comfortability that you're of shooting course. for too. It's like, yes. if it's nasty, if, if there's rust going and going, it's like, uh, yeah, I might catch something here. You know? Yeah, so I'm glad yeah. you you hammer that. No, it's that will super that important. Yeah. yeah, and people don't realize, but some states are not regulated because people don't understand. Like people being the um, you know the health department or whatever, they don't understand float tanks all over the all over the country. So part of what I do in the industry too is adhere to a standard that. Nobody forces me to, but as a business owner, you are responsible for making sure people are safe. And uh, these are some of the cleanest environments you'll ever be in. Way cleaner than a public pool or a public whirlpool um, or a hotel room sometimes, right? <laughs> um, but we are very, you know, just very deliberate and methodical in how we, it, it's one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything. Did you guys know we were going to talk about that kind of stuff oh. on the flip? I mean, I think Love it's important. It. If I recall, you know? Off the dome, off the yeah. top of our head. Off yeah. the dome, yeah. yeah. There, Love it. Yeah, there was one question I wanted to ask. So you, you talked about the three bi- biggest expenses for a small business like yours is the rent, it's the labor, it's the marketing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they're expenses, but they're also investments. You yes. want to get the most out of each of these three things. Yes. So I want to focus in on the labor aspect. So. Yeah. When you as a business owner go out and find people to, to help you run your business from the customer service aspect, what, like, what are the, the most important things you look for when you hire people and bring people onto your team? This is such a great question. Um, I'm on a podcast for the industry. I'm one of the hosts for the Float, Art of the Float podcast, and we were just talking about this mm-hmm. Tuesday night. This is the biggest challenge that I have, um, aside from the expense part of it Mm -hmm. the actual process of finding the right people to to represent your brand Mm -hmm. and create an environment that is pristine and comfortable is the hardest thing so we used to because there's so much cleaning that i just described that people don't understand we used to get people who would apply and they would only see the part where people are calm and they're happy and everything 
they don't know that you don't think through the part that every two hours you're going to be cleaning like a freaking maniac <laughs> like the more ocd you are about cleaning the more we love you yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. so if you are one of those people out there that are completely like seeing a speck of salt on a floor would drive you crazy please apply at 460 <laughs> um so we used to hire for that that does not always equate to the right personality for handling the people who are walking the door completely petrified. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the holy grail of our employee ideal action figure is somebody who's OCD with cleaning and somebody who's fanatical about making people comfortable and welcome, right? Those two are unicorns. That is a unicorn human being. <laughs> yeah. I was about to ask, how hard um, is that? <laughs> but we found we have 26 unicorns. Okay. And I believe we have a great team. Everybody has things we need to work on, even myself. When I come in, I know better. As soon as somebody comes out of the tank, you don't want to like be like, how was your float? And like stimulate them, right? Like just let them freaking relax. Mm -hmm. Just let them take it in. Well, I'm the biggest, uh, like, offender of this. My staff's like, God, here she is. Don't let her. But as a business owner, I'm like, how was your floats, right? You, yeah. you want to you wanna know how they, how they, they did. But uh -huh. the hiring practice has been so hard because everybody puts their best foot forward in an interview, right? At least we hope they do. And they're telling you all the things you want to hear. Yes, I can work weekends. Yes, I can work holidays. Oh, I can work every night if you wanted me to. Then the reality sets in. Oh, I can't work weekends. I can't work. You know, so uh, just I tell people, be honest with yourself. This is what the job's going to entail. It's a lot of cleaning, work nights, weekends, holidays. That's when we're busy, right? Just like the hotel industry. You know when you work in the hotel industry, there is no weekend right a weekend is usually sunday monday for hospitality people same here it's not you don't get a nine to five job right so i try to be honest and tell them and you try to you, we always make sure people float so if you've never floated before um you have to float and you have to basically tell us about your experience and we want to know that it resonated with you we don't want people here that don't believe in floating, right? So sure. part of the perk of being on the job is that you can float anytime you can humanly get into the tank, mm -hmm. right? We want you to do that as much as you possibly can. Um, same thing with cryotherapy, which we have here too. Um, so yeah, once they kind of go through the interview float and we talk to them again, we you know warn them about all the cleaning and then just sit back and pray. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the other part of it, and it's funny that I said that because I told you how I'm critical of myself in this training program. It's been difficult because we didn't have this structured program. So you basically train with somebody who's already working and the standards have been a little bit lacking. So an ideal world is as soon as you accept the job, you're going to go through a two-day orientation of why we exist, see our founding story, They'll hear a little bit about how nuts I am, right? And it's, we're a small business, so it's not like working for a huge company. Mm -hmm. um, you're going you're gonna to deal with me personally and 
Um, I'm sure that's not always fun for people because I'm intense, but it is, it's just a process. But yeah, as soon as we get these standards, I think it'll help us even refine the hiring process even more um, because it's, it's hard mm -hmm. to find the right people. Mm -hmm. And as a business owner, it's very, um, you have to be very trusting. Yeah. And a lot of people who go into business will not trust anybody and they do everything themselves. Yeah. If there's one thing I'm very proud of, the way I set up Float60 from the very beginning, because I was still working in technology up until last year, I had somebody who I hired, put her in charge of the day-to-day -day operation, and I knew from the beginning nobody should ever rely on me to be there because I had another profession, right? So I built the company with really never needing me to be on the floor working a shift as as a structure mm. and that's the best thing I've ever done because if you ever listen to like Tony Robbins talking about business ownership or business operating you're either an owner or you're an operator an owner is not always in the operation mm. right yeah. an operator is mm -hmm. so yeah I've tried to I, th I think I'm thankful that I did this otherwise I'd really be fried I'm already fried. Yeah. But I can't imagine, like, if I didn't have my unicorns, mm -hmm. and I call them artists and science scientists. When you see the video, I'll talk about this. Okay. Yeah. Um, they really are the backbone of the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. And it's really an extension of yourself because you, you put the idea of this business all on paper. So, I mean, that's, that's your identity. That's what yeah. your heart and soul. So you want the people that are here when you're not here to be an extension of the vision yes. that you had initially set yourself. So Exactly. That's I like yeah. that. And there's just so many other things as a business owner I feel responsible to do, mm -hmm. like being in the community. Um, I, I was mentioning earlier, I'm really involved with community projects, uh, nonprofits, and that's kind of the beauty of being an entrepreneur is you can do those types of things and help people, but not have that be your profession and uh if i didn't have my team i wouldn't be able to do 90 percent of what i do yeah right so and and going a little further into having the right people uh, a lot of folks might leave a job not because the company is bad because they're being managed by the wrong people and, yeah. and i've had this experience where i'm managed by someone who should not be in charge of anyone ever. Yeah. So as a business owner, you find these unicorns, you have to maintain that. And because I follow your social media, so outside looking in, it looks like people enjoy working with and for you and, and being here. So how do you create that environment? That's all for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> they get paid extra. That's part of their training. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put paid, your smiles paid on. Paid actors in, in the bottom corner. Um, yeah, so, so how do you maintain that good, healthy relationship where – they can come and talk to you about things, but they still know you're the boss. You you are the owner. Yeah, I try not to focus on the part. Like, I don't, I, I'm never comfortable when they introduce me, oh, here's the boss or here's the boss lady. And I always feel like uh, I want them to feel like I'm more um, just part of the team and just doing okay. a different job. Because that's really, at the end of the day, what it is. I might be the founder and owner, but they they're my clients, my employees, right? And so I feel that it's um, just 
incumbent on me to create a culture there that feels comfortable and they feel like they can get answers to their questions. Um, but it is hard and it takes a lot of effort because you can have your team meetings one day and very quickly people go back to kind of forgetting about what you talked about or, or saying, come to me if there's a problem. People, people will tend to more internalize things and not want to bother the, the boss and that, that bothers me. I'd rather people address what's kind of eating at them before it eats at them, right? Um, I can't solve everybody's issues, but it, it is a, a, it's a difficult culture building in any organization is the number one challenge. I've dealt with it my whole life being in management and um, doing different things. Hello. You can cut that out on video, no, I guess. Or on the <laughs> we'll say hi to people. We're nice on the show. <laughs> that's the Tom O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think just it's a full-time job building a culture, especially when you have three locations and people from different um, coming from different motivations. We've got students that are there kind of just, you know, they, they love the environment, but they're, they're only going to be there six months or whatnot. Whereas here in Indiana, you've got people who are more – stable and they're they're here right this is their 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 job until something presents a different opportunity for them they're not in this transitional state all the time like some of my students are from um chicago so yeah it is a number one challenge for sure is just getting people to stay motivated work with them work between themselves in a positive way i mean i can't tell you how much you get on each other's nerves when you work together all the time, sure. right? You get to see all the personal stuff, the, um, you know, if you're having a bad day, you might not clean as well as the, the, that all eats away at the interpersonal relationships on the team. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. it, it challenges me. That's, I'd say, aside from the South Loop, this gray patch is also attributed to <laughs> the the drama that i have to sometimes interfere with it's just it's just too much yeah. mm -hmm. and as an older person you're like oh my god really just come on guys right. just i always say so we had a team meeting here out here uh tuesday night and i made everybody stand up shut their eyes and say okay i want you to visualize the last time you came to work when you stepped into the door from the parking lot you walked into the space float 60 did you bring anything with you that you should have left in your car in the parking lot? Huh. Were you a positive force to the environment with your team when you walked in the door from your car? Or did you bring your drama with you? Did you complain about somebody else, right? So we talk about that kind of stuff as often as we can because we want that feeling of the, we want the team to feel happy and positive when they come in because that's going to translate to the guest so it's it's a full-time job man yeah <laughs> that's genius though that question alone just like yeah oh that's got to hit so what many do you people. bring you to the table right and we always talk about too like that you're always going to work with assholes right there's always going to be somebody yeah. right <laughs> even if we create the perfect team you're not going to jive with everyone mm -hmm. The life lesson that I want my kids to take away and my team to take away is that knowing that 
your challenge is how do you deal with it without being an asshole back? Like, how do you respond to everybody else's crap? That's the skill, right? It's not resolving their crap, which is what people try to do. It's dealing with the fact that you're going to get this from all directions wherever you go. That's the one guarantee. Everywhere you go, you're going to work with someone you don't like or that doesn't like you. Sorry. It is what it is, right? So how we deal with it. So we talked about the book, The Four Agreements. Have you read that book? I haven't, no. Um, Miguel Ruz, I think the, the author's name is. It's an old, old book, but it's, it's, it's a great book for many reasons. But there's a couple of, there's four agreements in the book, and it's really short. One of them that I talk about the most is never take anything personally. So if you're being scheduled in a certain way and you don't like it, nobody's sitting behind you know, the curtain going, how am I going to screw this person with their schedule today? Like, <laughs> it, right? It's usually, there's a simple exp- explanation. You got the short end of the stick, but it's not personal, right? Or if a guest comes out and they're just not nice, because we have people like that once in a while, very rare. Is it you? No, it's not you. It's them. Yeah, they're just doing your job. If somebody's got road rage, is it you? No, likely not. It's somebody else. So mm-hmm. how you process all of these things in your life really make a difference and how you how your happiness will be right sure you just have to look at them like oh but it's a practice like i i'm saying this but i have to practice this Mm -hmm. when i deal with assholes too (laughs) and and it's like if it gets to that point of like man they are really screwing me every weekend yeah ask the question of like hey what's going on i just i I noticed such and such before it turns to resentment that's and, and, it. And then it's like, why well, are they so irritable? Why do they like hate me? Like, what's going on? We're not jiving. It happens like sisters all the here. time. But ask the question. Oh, mama hey, mia! People create stories in their head. And guilty as charged. Yeah, I do. I do the same thing. Like, yeah. I just. So it's a pra- it, it all goes back to being a practice. Mm-hmm. Nobody's an expert at this, but that book's really good. I would highly recommend it if you yeah, want to put we, it we in the show notes. Yeah, we check that out because we have a segment on our when we just do us two. It's we end on a, a part called book talk. Oh, well, there so, you go. Yeah, whatever we're go. currently yeah. reading or if it's a, a note that we reviewed from prior notes because we take notes while we read and stuff. I like it. Uh, so we'll bring it up and, and introduce it as a lesson or like, man, I need to work on this a little bit. This yeah. is good, but I need to work on yeah. it. Yeah. So. Well, and the other three um, agreements are equally as powerful, but I, I recommend reading that book kind of in parts because – if you really take it and then kind of study it and try to apply it, it's, it's really effective. And it's a, it's a short book, so mm-hmm. I would highly recommend it. But awesome. Cool. Yeah, but it's a, it's a work in progress, yeah. that is for sure. Yeah. So. Uh, so, Gloria, I don't want to take too, too much of your time, but I am interested. We talked a little bit off air before we started. Uh, you love working with nonprofits, charities, things like that within the community. So uh, can we touch a little bit of that before before we finish here? Yeah. I would love to. And your podcast. Yes. And, and oh. the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Tim. So um, I have, back when I went to DePaul University, I went to India as part of my study abroad program. And the professor I had, Dr. Patricia Bombard, she, she taught this class called Value-Based Leadership. And DePaul, as a culture, it's all about giving back and service. The you know, Vincenzen way is uh, kind of ingrained in me from that experience. It was more highlighted. I've, I've always done nonprofit, helping out here and there. I've been on 
like boards for marketing and but I never really connected it I think until I went to India and just it was part of our curriculum and I was just exposed to some really amazing selfless people so when I came back and I started float 60 that following year by the way I knew that I was going to be involved in nonprofit somehow so being that I've been under construction, I didn't have a lot of time up until last year when this location opened in Indiana, which is where I'm from, I wanted to kind of make it more formal. So I joined a group of, of women who are mostly awesome and phenomenal human beings. There's always one in the group. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. No. They, 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 I was like, oh, it's getting juicy. No, it's, it's a love-hate relationship because I force them to do things that they're not comfortable to do. So it's more of a hate relationship towards me. And <laughs> I love all of them. But So Service League was a group that I joined last year. And I've, like, chaired this event. It's called the Taste of the Region. And we raise money for multiple nonprofits. We, we benefit, like, 40 nonprofits. So that's kind of the background. In my work in dealing with all these nonprofits, I realize that so many of these nonprofits are doing really amazing things, but they don't have a lot of resources to get their name out or even tell their story because they're, they're too busy really making differences in people's lives, right? They, they're very humble for the most part. Um, and I, I was just exposed to some amazing organizations and I would walk out of these places going, oh my God, like people need to know what they do. Mm-hmm. So it was last June, it was June 1st, I interviewed a nonprofit called Fairhaven and they're a rape crisis center here in Northwest Indiana. They do amazing work. I left their organization because we presented a big check to them and I was in my car and I, I literally was t- crying at how I was moved by what they did. So I went home that night, and of course that hyper-focused side of me, I'm like, oh my God, we gotta do something. Something, We gotta do something more. So I came up with the idea to start this show called Speaking of Charity. And I think I came up with the name in the float tank, actually, if I'm not mistaken. I remember like having an intention float, because sometimes I'll do that. I'll have an intention float saying, I I need to solve for this problem. And then I decided I was going to interview 20 to 25 nonprofits over the next 12 months. So it's been less than a year, and we are right on track. Created the website, so if you know of any nonprofits, you go and you hit nominate, and it comes through a form, and it's all automated. I have a little co-host who I've been lifelong friends with, uh, Jen Vargo Okamura, and WJOB here in uh, Indiana, they give us the airtime to do this. So we're on their radio show and Facebook Live. And oh, basically awesome. now I'm taking the content and creating, you know, actual podcast videos or yeah. podcast uh, episodes. But I want to really do more of this. I feel like this is needed in every location, every city, every. I mean, I'm in Chicago yesterday and there were three nonprofits that I was exposed to that I'm like, oh my God, they should be on my show, right? So I'm going to move it towards more of a podcast format. But the video is, is good too because they I give the video to the nonprofit so they can share it on their website. Um, so yeah, I'd love to sit down and 
brainstorm with you guys on how to get this in Indy. You guys can do a speaking of charity Indy. 100%. But um, yeah, I just feel like it's a, we're just giving them a platform to talk about how the organization started, what their mission is, how they raise money, what they do with the money. Another goal of the podcast was to kind of debunk the myth of how nonprofits spend their money. Sometimes there's a little skepticism and I wanted to give these organizations a chance to talk about where their money goes, how they get it, you know, maybe how they're regulated. And um, it's been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. And I'm exposed to just amazing people every time I do the show. Yeah, that's awesome. So I think that's the, the passion. I, I really feel passionate about this more so than I do, you know, just Float 60. It's, Float 60 doesn't define who I am, but I feel like it's all part of a cog in this whole comprehensive wheel. Sure. And nice. uh, there's so much more work to do, right? Yeah. But it's helped so. given you the ability to now do speaking charity. Yes, and I absolutely um, love it. Yeah. That's so cool. Even if we can make one more person aware, right? Exactly. About the organization that didn't know about it, I think it's, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And that's our thing. If an episode helps one person. Yes. Exactly. Well, if you have anybody who wants to start a float center, I can give you all the negatives and positives. (laughs) (laughs) I do that consulting and um, I'm actually now going through the process of discovery for franchising float 60, which is terrifying. Um, And it's very intensive, labor intensive and expensive. But um, I feel like we've really kind of perfected the Perfect, perfect is a strong word, but perfected the blueprint, the model. if okay. you will, right? To help other people start their float center, not from scratch. Why, why, why learn everything the hard way, right? When you could work with us and, you know, the first franchisee I have will be a very lucky individual mm-hmm. because I will be, it's, it's my, my brand out there, right? Yeah, we have right. to do it right. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe one day float 60 to Indy. Who knows? Yes. Ooh, yes. That would make me really happy. Yeah. Gloria. Hey, I'm totally down. Yeah. yeah I, I've, I think Indianapolis is a great location for it, especially since my son's going to be going to IUPUI. Yeah. He's, he's a go. built-in little employee down there. Say, there you go. That, you got yeah. an ambassador down there already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love it. We'll plug I would it, love the, it on the show all the time. All right. Yeah. Anybody want to open their own float center? I'm ready for you. Let's go. do it. So. Let's do it. Yeah, but no, I appreciate you guys um, having me on the show, and well, thank you I can't wait to uh, to listen to it. Yeah. I always like like seeing how they turn out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure, and you guys are gonna float today at two o'clock, right? Yes, yes ma'am. Yep. All right. Yep. Any fears? Any? No, I'm open. I'm open to a new experience. Good. So I'm all excited. Awesome. To awesome. Be- unexcited and relaxed am i allowed <laughs> am i allowed to ask you one question before we you can wrap ask up? you can ask anything you want. how was your first float i loved it so uh i know that those types of things are things that my body needs more of because yeah. when i get in a good practice of it i respond well to it so similar to yoga like i've gone to like a body flow with my mom before yeah right it on me here and she she's asked me like years before like hey you want to go to body flow and i'm like no i'm not going to body flow <laughs> and i went because now i'm like i want to be functional and you know I, I don't want to be hunched over when i'm older yeah and so when i do stuff like yoga or anything 
of that nature, like, I feel fantastic. Like, it might sound weird, but, like, I get my zen going on, you know, like, don't bother me today. <laughs> I did body flow in the morning. I floated that night. Don't mess with me. That Good is right a, a great, yeah. So, yeah, my, my first float, um, I've told Tim I lucked out because I did get to that, not the sweetest spot, but in the, in the zone between meditation and sleep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it took me a while to get there. Like, yeah. I am someone, my mind is turning and turning. Yeah. And it's like, stop. Oh, I didn't do this. I need to do this. So this is a personal issue that I'm really having right now. Like, I can't, like, I need to think about this or talk to this person. Like, no, I don't have to do any of that. Right. Your, your in-basket is never empty. That's right. So let it be empty right now. It's the only, it's one hour. It'll be there when and, you get out. Yeah. Yep. And leave it. So leave it in the parking lot. Yep. Mm. So I, I loved my, my float. I'm one and I'm hooked. So. Excellent. And that's oftentimes how it happens. Usually a, a, a first timer, it'll either be a little bit awkward in the first 15 or 20 minutes and then they'll completely get it. Or it'll take two times. Two, we always say float two times minimum mm-hmm. and three would be great just because the whole novelty of it kind of is pushed to the side by the time you're doing the third float now now you mean business it's like you don't go to a yoga class once right Right. you want to kind of get used to the terminology understand what it feels like the temperature and everything and then you're you're just in a more conducive space to really taking in a full deep experience yeah so you actually had a patient this past week ask me ironically middle of the week he goes hey what do you think about uh like, you know, when you float in the water and stuff, I'm like, oh, when you go float? <laughs> and uh, he goes, yeah, what do, you, what do you think? You recommend it? Or, I was like, well, I can't advise you to do it, but right. I do it, and yeah. I see benefit. But yeah. I don't do it down there. I guess there is a place. Yeah, there's, there's like a couple places. I cheating on you guys, you know what I mean? No, <laughs> no. And, and that's the thing, right? There's, it's such a new thing. And if you think about a city like Indianapolis or Chicago, I mean, there's so many people. So yeah. we only have four float tanks, five float tanks. Yeah. It's okay. We well, want people to float. Go wherever it's convenient for you. When right? you come to Indy, yeah. I'm there. <laughs> okay, yes. But, yeah, no, it's it's good. And I'm glad you brought up the fact that it is awkward at first because it is – it definitely – it's just – it's new. And yep. it's weird. Yep. And you're naked. And <laughs> – People, people kind of just have to get through the, the first part of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Gloria, uh, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, social media, website, what, what's the best? Yeah, so um, www.float60, all spelled out, F-L-O-A-T-S-I-X-T-Y.com, and all of our social media handles are at float60, okay. all spelled out. Um, I personally can be reached if anybody wants to contact me, Gloria at float60corp.com. And, uh, yeah, we're pretty much all over. I'm doing social media like crazy, and uh, we're on Snapchat even. So oh, nice. That makes me feel young and hip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we right. have our own Snapchat filter yeah. in the River North. Is that so. really a doctor? Dope. Yes. Dope for you, Gloria. Snapchat dope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is too funny. But, yeah, we, we love the social media aspect because, again, people love to share. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a phenomenal thing. We're going to uh, share it today? Yeah. I mean, it's it really is powerful for us, and the referral programs are powerful. Just, again, because you want to know that somebody you know did it. Mm-hmm. Right. right? Yep. So, yeah. But you can trust us. Come on out. Right. Oh, yeah. Float60.com. Gloria, thank you so much again. This has been awesome. Thanks, Absolute Gloria. pleasure. Um, you're right. So we'll have to definitely do a few more. Few Thank more you. Days. I would love to. Yeah. When I come down to visit my son at IUPUI, I can stop down at there your you studio. There you go. Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
Sounds good.